Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. That is indeed the name of the program, your mysterious voice, gentlemen. It is Winnipeg 7, Montreal 3, four minutes left in the second quarter in the CFL tonight. The Blue Jays in action, taking on Minnesota, scoreless in the top of the fourth. Edmonton Stingers at the Saskatchewan Rattlers tonight in a playoff game. Winner advances to the quarterfinals in the CEBL. The loser is done for the season. So we'll check out that one once it gets going in about half an hour. Saturday night, right here on 630 Ched from Vancouver. The Edmonton Elks visit the BC Lions. It's going to be a 630 countdown to kickoff with Escott, Morley, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, who's going to join me later on tonight. And uh, 8 o'clock will be the start of the game as the Elks try to get their third victory of the season. And I am pleased to welcome to Inside Sports Elks receiver and sometimes quarterback, Kai Loxley. Kai, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you all doing this afternoon? Well, we're doing very well, sir. It's nice to have you on the show. So uh, I, I introduced you there as uh, receiver and sometimes quarterback. What do you tell people when they ask you what position you play? Um, I just tell them everything, man. Hybrid, hybrid position. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, one of your, your teammates on defense was on the show last night, Jordan Reeves, and I said, what position are you? And he said, athlete. Exactly. Like See? Exactly. Exactly. Right. He's right on. That's awesome. <laughs> so when you when you practice, Kai, what percentage of the reps do you take at receiver, and how much work do you do at quarterback? Um, you know, the week of Montreal, I definitely uh pretty much did fifty fifty of both. Uh, we have an A group and a B group. Um, a group is our starting offense, and uh, I'll be, you know, in there at the slot. And then um, while they get a break, I'll stay on the field and um, quarterback for the B group. So that's kind of been the formula uh, since since Trey has gone down. Okay. Do you do you like one position or the other better? Putting you on the spot here. Um, Coach, Coach Jones isn't listening. Uh, <laughs> um, nah, man. Every everybody knows for sure that uh, you know I played quarterback pretty much my entire life so um you know it's, it's definitely more natural and familiar to me um receiver i'm i'm still pretty young in, in my receiver lifespan so um, i'm learning every day at that position for sure uh even the basics um fundamentals and crafty things from some of the veteran guys and uh you know i've been blessed to have a, a veteran group of pretty successful receivers um you know throughout their career on our on our team yeah. So, who first moved you to receiver? Because it wasn't Coach Jones, wasn't there? Somebody else earlier in your career? Um, kind of. Um, at the University of Texas, I was at receiver for about a week. So, I mean, if you count that, but um, 
um, I would say probably the Miami Dolphins last year. That was kind of the first time I've exclusively played receiver. Okay. Well, uh, you're doing a pretty good job whether you, you drop back to pass or whether you, you get out there. T- tell me a little bit about coming to Edmonton and coming to the Canadian Football League. And you mentioned some of your uh, uh, NCAA experience with the Miami Dolphins uh, last year. How did you wind up connecting with the Elks? Um, you know, Coach uh, Coach G. Roy, the uh, assistant GM, uh, he kind of has reached out to me about uh, the CFL since um you know, honestly, pre-draft of the year I came out in uh, the 2020 draft. So um, it's something that's definitely been on the radar kind of since I came out of college. Um, and then after the Dolphins stint, uh, I just felt, you know, um, I had some tryouts with other NFL teams. I had the USFL, and then I had, um, you know, the the CFL opportunity with the Elks. And, um, you know, based off, you know, everything my agent kind of, went over with me uh, we felt this was the best best case scenario and what has been the transition like from american rules american size field to the uh, canadian game is there anything that's really stood out for you in terms of having to adjust to oh yeah man um i would say uh definitely how big the field is, um, the, the added man, it being 12 on 12, um, losing a down, it really being two downs, um, having to be more efficient on offense. Um, and even some of the calls and, and ways you can uh, attribute points, um, you know, like I'll ask questions, kind of a new question or something, uh, a new rule or a new flag, I'll learn kind of every game um, as it's going, as it's been going on this year. So it's definitely been a, a learning experience and learning curve, but it's been amazing. Uh, definitely been embracing it and, uh, you know, loving all the new new um, nuances of the game up here. Had you ever been to Canada before, before you came to play for the Elks? No, sir. I, I believe, um, you know, best of my knowledge, on both sides of my family, I'm probably the first the first person that's been to Canada, period. So, um, yeah, man, it's definitely definitely a new 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 experience. How are you finding Edmonton? Huh? How are you getting used to the city? Or do you have some teammates maybe helping you out a little bit? Oh, yeah, man. Um, I've definitely been getting adjusted well out here. Uh, it's a pretty beautiful city. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of friendly, friendly people um, I ran into um, embracing me and showing me nothing but, um, nothing but love. So it's been an amazing transition, honestly. And, uh, you know, that's kind of some of the things I've told family members and friends when I was able to get home over the bye week is, uh, you know, it's, it's been been the perfect place for me at the perfect time. You know, that's the best way I can explain it. Well, and the best thing is, Kai, is, is it never gets colder than this. This is pretty much the worst weather we're ever going to have. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling your leg a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say, based on what I've heard, I'm not sure if that is the case. <laughs> are, are you ready for the cold weather and snow whenever it comes? Hey, man, you know, we're, we're, we're paid to be professional, so any any inclement, any type of weather, I'm ready to go, man. Kai Loxley from your Edmonton Elks joining us tonight on Inside Sports. You're going into BC. Look, week one, uh, a really lopsided loss. Does that factor into the preparation or the motivation for this weekend's game, or is it totally a thing of the past that's out of your mind? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, you know, I kind of uh, I've told the the media guys earlier after practice that uh, you know the only people that on on offense coming into this game that that played in that first game, you know, a ton were kind of our boundary receivers. Uh, K-Law and D-Walk and then um, up front our offensive line and even our offensive line has, has had uh, some changes since then so you know I feel like they're, they're playing a complete completely different uh, offense um, even myself included I didn't play receiver um, too much against them at all so you know I feel like we definitely are bringing a, a different look and uh, they'll have some, some more things to handle this time around for sure Tell me a little bit about Taylor Cornelius, who's uh, started the last couple of games and had some good moments, and, and you guys have had some some tough luck at quarterback, obviously with Nick got traded and, and Trey Ford went down hurt. You've taken some snaps. Uh, what, give me a little bit uh, of what you see from Cornelius here since he's been playing. Yeah, man, um, I call him Big Play Tay. He's got a you know big guy, um, prototypical quarterback, stands tall in the pocket. But um, you know uh, the Montreal game, he he really kind of surprised me, even from uh, you know what I knew he was able to do. Uh, he, he was pretty mobile that game, was able to get out of some some crazy situations and make throws on the run. You know he keeps his eyes downfield and uh, has a has a big arm, and definitely gives his guys fifty uh, fifty you know, uh, chances going down the field. And as a receiver, you know, those are all things and intangibles at that position that you, you love and want, want to hear and play with. So, you know, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, Taylor coming into the role. And I, I feel like he's only going to continue to to flourish and get better out there. Okay, right on. Hey, I got to ask you too, tell me about your dad because he's a football coach. Tell me about your dad's influence in your life and your career. Um, you know, like I kind of tell everybody when they uh, ask me, you know, when did I start playing football? Uh, football, for, for real, has been my whole life. Uh, it's put food on the table for us. Um, it has broke some generational curses for us. And, um, you know, it's just been been something that's changed our lives. So, um, you know, that's kind of the best best um way I can can explain and describe it is uh I, you know I come from a football family football life and uh you know this has been this means the most to me you know since since I can remember so you know it's very important yeah it's Maryland right your dad's still the head coach at Maryland yes sir currently yes sir yeah was he was he on the Alabama staff before then that's some big time ball eh yeah he uh spent some time I have to believe uh two or three years out there and uh, was offensive coordinator uh, in the national championship run. So, you know, he's definitely um, definitely put his, his time in to get to where he's at because it's been a long journey for, you know, himself. And, you know, stuff like that, watching definitely, you know, helps me with, with, with things I'm doing. It's, uh, you know, just seeing how, how patient you have to be and, you know, how sometimes you, you have to go through adversity in order to get to, you know, the successful places. And um, I feel like our team is illustrative of that, you know, right now. Yeah. All right. And when you talk to your dad about football, does he, uh, 
Like, does he watch your games and critique you specifically? Does he more just offer general support? What are your conversations like? Um, you know, my dad, uh, uh, he, he's a guy who he gets super focused and locked in on what, what he has going on. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll ask him questions, uh, you know, when he has time and things like that. But for the most part, you know, we both are kind of on the same schedule to where we're kind of in season at the same time. And, um, you know, sometimes it's tough with time to, to, you know, watch what he's doing and watch what I'm doing. But, um, you know, occasionally my mom will relay messages, you know, and um, we'll say little things to each other here and there. So um, for the most part, yeah, man, it's mostly off season. That's kind of, you know, a little bit of the time we have to catch up and, and recap on our, our respective seasons. Awesome. Okay. Well, Kai, thanks for hopping on the show and giving us a chance to get to know you a little bit better. I've enjoyed watching you play. I wish you a great game coming up here on Saturday against the BC Lions. And when the weather does turn a little colder, uh, David Beard and Mark Cordy grew up here, so they'll give you tips on how to dress. Sound good? That sounds good, man. Most definitely. Uh, go Elks. I appreciate you guys uh, and all your support and all the fans, for sure. Right on. That is Kai Loxley checking in for your uh, Edmonton Elks. Uh, mainly plays receiver, does a little bit of quarterback work as well with the team. And uh, I think a promising player for the team here as uh, they try to make a run here for the postseason as we move into the middle third of the year. Elks and Lions on Saturday, 6.30 countdown to kickoff. And the game's going to start at eight final minute at 18 seconds now left in the first half not a lot of points in this game alouettes hanging in there against winnipeg it is seven three for the blue bombers they're just on their side of midfield they're going to try to get some points before halftime we'll see if they can pull that off uh back with some of uh your messages i, I believe we got some feedback on the world of vhs tapes it's inside sports on 6 30 chat You're listening to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, we know that Chris Jones likes players who can do a little bit of everything just on the team this year. We just had Kai Loxley on the show. Receiver plays a little quarterback. Jordan Reeves was on the show last night. He's been lining up at uh, cornerback in practice this week. He's played linebacker. He's played on the defensive line. Deron Carter who made his season debut against Winnipeg. He's been a receiver in his career, a pretty good one. But when Jones was in Saskatchewan, they started using him at defensive back. Jones commented on Carter's first game versus Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, he's an awful good player. He's very versatile. He lined up in uh, three different spots defensively for us the other night because of injury. Uh, and then he also did all of our uh, punt return and kick returning duties. And so uh, with that being said, he's a very versatile player. He can play on the offensive side of the ball. He can be any of the returners that you need. And so he's a guy that, uh, and again, like you said, I mean, he had a pick and uh, and then he just needs to get the guy on the ground on the big play. I mean, if he gets him on the ground, give us another chance to, uh, you know, at least make him kick a field goal and uh but with that being said i mean Deron's done a real nice job he's he had a you know a pretty significant injury early in camp and and uh it's still not i wouldn't think 100 percent, but he's he's working through it all right that is chris jones a little bit there on Deron carter as we get you ready for the elks and the lions coming up on saturday kyler yamamoto signed to a new deal with the Oilers yesterday. You'll hear some comments from him as we move along tonight. He was on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott filling in as uh, the host 
for uh, the rest of the week. Well, he got back from uh, Italy on Tuesday, hosted yesterday, today, and he's going to be there tomorrow. I believe Bob returns on Monday. And uh, you can get more on the Yamamoto signing on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. And you can get my interview with Ken Holland by going to the show page for Inside Sports on 630Ched.com or just sign up for the Inside Sports podcast. And you can go back to listen to whatever parts of the show you enjoy at your convenience. I mentioned that earlier today I was uh, organizing, calling, I guess, some of my VHS tapes. Now, I'm talking about VHS movies. I, I don't have a ton of uh, home VHS tapes. I did stumble across some demo tapes going back to when I was a, a TV and radio student at Nate. So oh, that's awesome. Dispose of those somehow. <laughs> those will need to be probably like lit on fire or shot into outer space and something like that. I, I do tell you, I, I'm probably going to get rid of this movie, but I, I own a VH copy, VHS copy of the movie Eraser. Do you remember that movie, Kellen? That not was Eraser Head. Not Arn- the John Lynn, not the uh, David Lynch movie. Okay. This was Arnold Schwarzenegger, was it not? Yes, er- yeah. Eraser, where he erases people right it gets rid of them or that gets them new ideas goes from being a terminator to the eraser yes i got it yeah well the race the in eraser he does it much more gently he's just <laughs> yes um so that contains one of the greatest lines in movie history remember the alligators chasing him and he shoots the alligator mm. and he goes your luggage <laughs> that's that's pretty good that's really all i remember but i believe vanessa williams was in it Uh, that's what all i can tell you so i have all these vhs i i shouldn't say i don't know maybe a hundred maybe not even quite a hundred i i know that there are some again i was talking about the back to the future tape that sold for seventy five thousand dollars, and you can look on ebay and see that certain movies are selling for whatever amount of money generally and this is just for my half-baked research but some of the Disney movies that are in the, the clamshell case for VHS, that's the larger VHS case yeah. that opens and closes as opposed to sliding it out of a sleeve. So it looks kind of like a clamshell. Those might be worth a little more. But generally, from what I've been seeing, we're talking about in the, the hundreds of dollars. Um, now, there is apparently a Beauty and the Beast black diamond version that's worth close to a quarter million dollars. A good copy of Star Wars could be worth thirty to forty thousand. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that range, and then a bunch of movies that could be worth several thousand dollars. Now, if from what I've been seeing, if they're sealed, they're worth more. Mm. And another thing, you like you can go on eBay and think, okay, this guy is selling this movie for two hundred dollars. Doesn't mean somebody's going to buy it, and it doesn't right. mean somebody's going to buy yours. And that's the ch- and we talked about this with hockey cards with Wayne Wagner. The the card might be worth that amount of money but is someone going to pay it and how much time and effort are you going to have to put into selling it maybe shipping it um you know a vhs tape or something would be more to ship if you had to send it to eastern canada or somewhere in the united states to a potential buyer so to me it's an interesting market looking into the value of of these old things and i can tell you this i do not have the means in my home to play a vhs tape now I do have a VHS DVD combo player. Remember those? Yes. I believe I got it when I was working at Lloyd Minster, probably about 20 years ago. I thought, this is the greatest invention ever. This will play everything I need for the rest of my life. Well, so much for that. Um, but I, I don't have the cables that would connect this to one of the modern flat screen TVs, as far as I know. 
I, I think you have to get some kind of a, an adapter or something like that. So anyway, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. What do we have, Kellen? Uh, lots of texts on the uh, VHS front tonight for sure. Uh, Vic uh, chimes in. He loved the interview with Kyle Oxley. Uh, first of all, he says, "No surprise that older guy like me has VHS tapes, a player to play them, and can watch them anytime I want. Haven't wanted to in years. Please be kind and rewind." Excellent. There we go. Exactly. Uh, going down the line here, we have uh, Shirley who texts in and says, uh, Shirley and LaDuke says, Hi there, I have 30 of Elvis Presley's 31 movies. Most are VHS with a couple on DVD. Do you think there is any value in a collection like this? Just wondering. That is a good question. Elvis movies? Elvis yeah, movies, maybe, yeah. Or maybe some other so an, an Elvis fan would be willing to pay for the Like... Yeah, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't answer those questions about the potential value. <laughs> yeah, we are not appraising VHSs today. Yeah, we're, we're not doing VHS appraisal. Not, so. That's the worst thing we. There can. we go. Okay. What else? And one more for you here from uh, Jason, who texts in and says he is a large George Strait fan, and he has two VHS tapes, and it is the two live VHS concerts of George Strait. And he doesn't even have a VHS player, but he will not get rid of the tapes because, again, he's a George Strait fan. So. Yeah, and there's there was a couple today. I thought I'm just going to hang on to this because I, I want to own it still, even though it's probably just going to get put back in a box and put in a closet. But right. I'll know that I, that I have it, I suppose, though it may never get watched again. It's uh, it's fun. So that's why I was the nostalgic but a little bit uneasy because I'm thinking, okay, should I, like, what you always think you're going to get rid of stuff, at least for me, and then when you start the process of getting rid of it, sometimes I get like, well, mm-hmm. wait a minute, what if, what if, what if? But I, I'm, I'm pretty good at moving uh, past that. Blake Dermott coming up. <laughs> 